Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out the Swiss and global fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're going to talk about DeFi, blockchain, platforms, and of course the the F10 incubator because that's where I met originally Valk. It's a startup now based in London and uh, they enjoyed a tremendous growth last year. So I'm uh, curious to know how they skyrocketed to the next levels and they are now focused on DeFi solutions. So very exciting stuff. Welcome Antoine and Ellie. How are you today? Hey, Rudolf. We're great. Thanks a lot for welcoming us. Exactly. Doing very good. Thank you. All right. Brilliant. So great to, to have you today. And my first question typically is, what's your background? How did you get to do what you do? Because it cannot work. Look, I, I studied and I majored in DeFi, right? A few years ago, this was not here. So how can you prepare yourself for a job? So um, I'll start very quickly and let Danny give a bit of his background. But on my end, this is uh, Antoine speaking. I started my career in private equity and investment banking, focused uh, mainly on renewable energy infrastructure. And while working there, I discovered what would be our initial uh, product and value proposition, all the inefficiencies that exist in, in private markets today. And I saw that from all of the deals that I was doing that had some a lot of clunkiness and inefficiency in the primary side of things and nearly zero secondary possibilities and liquidity. And it was while putting this in parallel with what was happening in crypto markets and all of the infrastructure that was powering all of that, that we started working with Ali about two years ago on trying to you know, solve the problems that existed there digitize and tokenize private markets and one thing leading to another we can speak about it later we arrived at now also addressing the inefficiencies that exist in DeFi and trying to address them obviously this is uh, something i'm addressing from the financial and business point of view the main component in order for this to be done is the technical capabilities and the way to approach it which Ili is handling within the firm yeah thanks Antoine. so uh rudolf very interesting question is how do you learn this? Because, of course, obviously no one is teaching that in school. So my background is computer science engineer. I started working on blockchain very early. Uh, in the beginning of 2016, I was the lead architect at BNP Paribas. I was leading the cash management and trade finance project. Then moved to China for about a year and a half, worked as head of engineering for one centralized exchange and CEO of another decentralized exchange that was sold. Now... How do you learn those skills? It's all about being curious, reading, and trying to find the right use cases, which we'll speak about them later. There's no such thing of you go to school, you learn something technical or whatever business, and then you apply it. It's always about having a good trying to use your background, what you've learned in the past to learn new skills. 
because DeFi is new. DeFi is very different than what we've seen in Web3 or even in crypto. It's not only about trading, it's technical. You need to know the tech part and you need to know the financial part. So it's a mix of both. So I'll keep it short for here so we can develop more in the in the next questions. Sure. Sure. Sounds good. So you need to be very pragmatic. Yes, this doesn't work like, okay, you just take a course and now you're set for life, right? So you founded Valk in 2019. So what is it? What is the problem that you're solving or gap in the market that you're trying to fill? Let's start from that rather than maybe some people are in love with the technology. They're trying to find a home for it. I know that you started with an issue that you discovered, right? So the initial issue that we discovered was that there was no digital infrastructure for private markets. And most private markets participants were not ready and also didn't have any decentralized infrastructure that would allow interoperability and easier access to secondary market. And this was the problem that we were trying to solve and address with our initial and first product called VDeal, which is a private markets digitization and tokenization platform. And very quickly, especially at the beginning of 2020, 2021, when we saw the huge growth in DeFi, where you know the trillions of dollars of, of crypto assets that were sleeping in wallets like cash is sleeping in bank accounts to be put to work. And that's when you know the, the total TVL went from zero to 250 billion in the last year. We also saw another very big inefficiency in this DeFi market that Eli can describe into more detail, where basically we realized that when you start trading in DeFi, first of all, there is no way for you to have a consolidated view of your positions across protocols with accurate and historical data elements. And at the same time, you know, not only is it difficult to have a consolidated view on all the positions you have across protocol, but it's impossible to effectively and efficiently trade with simple and more complex strategies across protocols uh, in DeFi without having to go from one platform to another. And this is what we're trying to bring to the market with our second solution, the possibility to manage your positions and trade with complex and less complex strategies from one single interface like you can do today in other, for any other financial product. All right, I got it. So basically two things or two products. First is a platform for private assets or private deals. And the second one is a, a similar thing, but across blockchain or crypto where you have a DeFi solution and people can trade their crypto across different protocols seamlessly. Absolutely. Right? And the first product is, is launched. We've scaled it. And it's continued to grow. The second one we're very excited about because we're launching it now with extremely good results from the beta testers and a huge growth potential. These are really two, I would say, products today serving different areas of the market. You'll see later that they also have some complementarity at a certain point down the line. But we're very excited to be truly innovating in uh, traditional finance and most importantly in DeFi today. All right. Of course, we'll talk about DeFi today. But before we go there, I just wanted to close out also on your product, which is now at scale, as you said, it's a platform for private deals. And in that space, you've got lots of advisors who would typically in the past would say with private deals, private assets, uh, there is no way to use the platform because they are so customized. They are not standardized. So how did you overcome this so that uh, you don't need humans to look at every single deal and you can scale up and it can work uh, easily. What you say was exactly true, <laughs> but before COVID. 
And then COVID happens and everyone realizes they yeah. need a platform to do deals because they can't meet with people. So we were really helped by COVID and the fact that all financial institutions, even in private markets, realized that although all deals are different, processes can be different and people do need to look at the deal and structure them, right? This doesn't change. They now need to have a digital tool and digital manners to execute these transactions. And this is exactly what our product is offering. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I've heard also the, at the beginning of COVID where people say, how can you do M&A if uh, you cannot travel? And then everybody did it. The M&A volume was uh, at record heights, right? And just want to add one thing. So digitization is an essential point, but customization, when we speak about private deal, is very important. And not only we take the business of our client and we make it more digitized and like friendly with those digital tools that you can find today, but we allow them to create whatever workflow they want. For example, you want to sign NDA, letter of intent, whatever documents, and then you want them to pay and so on, or you want to pass KYC, or you only want them to sign one document. So this customization, we bring it to our customer. By bringing that to our customer and no human interaction is needed, every client can create their own workflow of investment and they don't need us as a company. So by doing that, we're able to scale and to onboard a lot of clients that have different workflow and that interact with their end client investors in a different way. Okay, but they can still talk to a target, for example. Yeah, of right? course, of course. Okay. Ali, I understand from both of you that you recently launched a full suite of DeFi solutions from accounting to trading. Can you tell us a bit more about this uh, and explain in, in, more de in more detail? Yeah, of course. So today, when you think about um, investing in crypto, there is two main ways. Either you invest in centralized platform, I'll take an example like Binance, or you invest in decentralized platform like Aave, Compound, Maker, and so on. Investing in centralized platform is very efficient because first, you can buy and trade crypto from one platform. If you go to this platform, you can see your profit and loss, your wallet, how much it, it has evolved over time. When it comes to DeFi, there is no such a thing. In DeFi, if you want to invest, you need to analyze, for example, the yield across different platforms choose which platform is most suitable for you and to go invest. And the worst thing is once you invest it and you come back after a month to the same platform, you can only see your current and it's not related and it does not give you information about when you enter this deal, how much you have earned, how what's your PNL compared to US dollar. So this is exactly what we're trying to solve by the first product that we're launching very soon called Merlin. So Merlin is DeFi smart wallet, which is allowing you to add your wallet that you're trading with. And it takes a breakdown of all the position that you've entered, gives you a PNL that you have generated. So today, when we speak to a lot of not only retail, but also institutions that are into DeFi, their pain point is to calculate and to have an overview of their positions. And this is exactly what we're trying to solve with Merlin. Now, the aggregator is solving another problem, which is how can I compare different, different investments that are very similar, but that are across different platforms. So we aggregate, so we created a platform that is aggregating all the protocols. And via this platform, you can 
connect to all those protocols, retrieve your positions and trade on this platform. We would also allow our customers to trade more complex transactions like leverage to do arbitrage between different platforms, liquidation protection, and more to come. All right, understood. So, but people have different cryptos, right, and different wallets. So what protocols are you integrated with? How does that work? Does this sit like uh, on top of it? Do I need another app on my phone which connects to this or, or how does that work? Yeah, so you need to connect to our app and then you connect your wallet. And then by connecting uh, your wallet to our app, you can have access to different protocols. So today we're integrated with five protocols. So those five protocols are live and people are uh, better testing. So we have Maker, Aave, Compound, Uniswap V2, and Uniswap V3. In March, we are going to release a set of protocols, which are Curve, Convex, Trader Joe, and Avalanche. And we're adding more and more protocol. Now, because we are aggregating a lot of information to be able to do the PNL uh, and to show to our customers how much they've been doing by taking all the historical data, this is taking a bit of time, but we're trying to move as fast as we can by adding more and more protocol because we understand that DeFi Trader, they move very fast from one protocol to another. and We need to keep up with their pace. And uh, you mentioned before that there is some overlap with your first product, uh, which was the private markets platform, really. So how does this solution relate to this and how can that be connected? Are there any synergies for you as well in this sense? Yeah, of course. Uh, this is a very good point because today and everything that I have uh, spoken about, people are only investing in DeFi to trade crypto to crypto. So for example, you deposit Ethereum, you earn yield in Ethereum, but there is no link between DeFi and the real world asset. And this is exactly what we're trying to do, to create that bridge. Since we have our first platform that is running with a lot of deals, we are trying to take the best of the first platform, which are the, those deals that are tokenized, and to be able to propose them to those DeFi investors that are willing to invest in an asset different than DeFi. Because why DeFi was created? DeFi was created because people, they were holding assets like crypto, and they were waiting only for their price to increase. Now, a new thing was created, which is how you make use of this crypto that you have with a better way, which is you can borrow, you can lend, you can be part of an automated market maker, and all of those actions are creating yield or you pay interest if you want to borrow. Now, what we want to propose to those DeFi investors is the ability to invest not only in crypto asset, but an asset that are coming from the real world and that are present on our initial product, which Antoine talked about in the beginning. So you can go from crypto to real markets or to fiat and back and forth. And exactly as you said, exactly. with any other asset, you, you need to, you need but, lending, um, you need to... Uh, if, if I can just add one thing, what Eli just described about the, the synergies, the beautiful thing is that you can basically get yield and exposure from a traditional assets without cashing out your crypto. So you stay long the crypto that you have and the same way you can deposit it in a pool or you can lend or borrow with a crypto to crypto protocol, you'll be able to do the same thing and the returns come from, from traditional assets. So you stay within, I would say, the crypto environment, but you can get exposure to better risk-adjusted returns or opportunities from the traditional finance world. So it's like a synthetic exposure to real world, right? 
because you More said less, you didn't yeah. cash out from the from crypto. And also you talk about lending, etc. But what the traders also use is derivatives. And in the past, uh, of course, the regulators in the 80s were also uh, a little bit hesitant when it came to that. And now it's standard. And maybe this is what's happening as well in, in terms of uh, crypto assets and banking. Are you thinking about adding some derivatives angle or partnering up with someone else as well? For sure. We're working on it. Whether we do it ourselves or we're partners, it's uh, it's an arbitrage we'll have to see depending on the capabilities and who does it better. But and Eli can, can confirm that we always have these discussions. All of the users today of our DeFi solution, um, they try to hedge their position somehow with derivatives. So today the choice of derivatives and futures is quite limited. It's available, I would say, mostly in a CFI world and environment. But there is so much innovation that is possible and a huge market to capture there. So we're obviously following it very closely. All right. So let's also clarify who are your target clients from both sides uh, of the platform and also from, let's say, when you look at your original VDL solution and now the DeFi solution. You mentioned DeFi traders. So are these individuals or mm-hmm. are you looking at institutions that are dealing with crypto already on a large scale or how does that work? So that's that's a very good question. On the VDL, the traditional product side is clearly institutionals. It's a B2B market. And we target these asset managers, investment banks, funds, multifamily offices, and others. On the DeFi platform, we started because we're, I would say, natively targeting and servicing institutionals. We started with an institutional product for these hedge funds, for these even brick protocols that, that trade DeFi and family offices or high net worth. And then we realized very quickly that the same exact product that we had built for these institutionals had a huge retail audience. And initially, we realized it by when we were going and pitching these hedge funds, we realized that all of their teams wanted to use the product also individually for their own DeFi books. And then we said, okay, maybe there's a demographic there and individuals that are you know knowledgeable in DeFi and want to trade. And then we tried it with demographics, developers, guys in our community, Telegram group and others. And there's a huge audience for retail. So... The answer is every single wallet today owner that has crypto and that would potentially want to put his crypto to work is a potential client. All right. So both B2C, B2B as well. Okay. Now, I know that you've grown tremendously last year and that related to your platform for private private deals, of course. And can you maybe share some insights, some advice for the founders, how to scale up so successfully, especially when it comes to a platform business? So you have two sides that you need to focus on. Technically, I would say that the the number one, the number one advice I would get in, in give in order to scale is to have a very simple product that requires little customization, and this is something that people always uh, always struggle to do because in the beginning you want to get clients, so you will always try to adapt to their needs, whatever it takes, in order to get the initial traction and revenue that you need. But it's not always the best the best approach because you risk becoming more of a service company or a development shop rather than providing a scalable product that can create network effects and a big community. This is on the technical side, and this is something we've really made a big effort to do in the initial product, which initially had a lot of customization that was needed and on which we did a huge amount of work for all of the product team in order to make it very scalable. And our clients can set it up and customize it within half an hour, and it's completely self-service. 
And we push that to the max on the DeFi solution where literally we don't even need sales teams for the second solution. It's completely self-served. You come, you connect your wallet, and you can do absolutely everything there. So we've really made a big effort to have, you know, these very simple products that don't require customization and that can have these viral and network effects. Now, in terms of what is not just related to, to the product, I would say that in order to, to scale, and that's to the best of the advice we can give to, to other founders, right? Because we're still at the beginning of our journey. I would say that the number one, the number one thing they should focus on is be close to the market. Always try to sell, always try to understand, you know, what the potential, you know, customers or users need, what problem you're trying to solve for them and what they are actually going to be using now and even more in the future. So that's something we do constantly. We're constantly testing, constantly trying to meet users and understand why they want to use it or not want, do not want to use our products. And then there's no secret recipe here. It's just hard work 24 seven. Every day, always be obsessed about getting your solution right and improving it all the time because competition is super strong, especially in crypto. All right. I understand. I think you say that, look, you want to start with a client and their needs. And that's obviously point number one. But I like your point that you mentioned at the beginning saying that, look, don't uh, become a consulting firm, right? You want to be a product firm that uh, can scale up. And that's always a challenge, especially if you're dealing with B2B, you're selling to big organizations who push you to customization. And then sometimes it becomes such a customized solution, you cannot sell it to somebody else. So that doesn't work. How big is your team and where are you based these days? So the team is 15 people today and growing. We're based mainly in the UK, especially for the business side of the team. And then all our teammates on product are a bit distributed. We have Eli that's based in Dubai. We have some colleagues in Spain, some in uh, the Ukraine as well that we're really thinking of uh, today with what's going on. And uh, it works amazingly like that for a truly distributed company. And uh, obviously, even though we're distributed and we work remotely, we make sure to meet up several times a year to do some seminars, workshop, and have a good time. And I think you said before, and Ellie as well, that uh, it's hard to read up on these things and then become an expert or study it. But there are some potentially books on DeFi that people can pick up. I, I look at one, which is called How to DeFi. Do you have something else that you can recommend as further reading? So I'm I'm probably not the best, I would say, <laughs> example for for the books because especially on DeFi because most of the books i read i try to read books that are decorrelated to work because it's a way for me to disconnect but in terms of i would say web three books for me the the, the reference is the book token economy by sherman Vergio that we also had on a on a podcast recently i get a lot of my education and and knowledge from from mediums mostly from podcasts, from reading up what's going on Twitter, on Telegram, and understanding really the sound of, of the market and how people are, are reacting to new protocols, Reddit. But it's a lot of reaching out, speaking with people on Telegram, people sending us, look at this new protocol, look at this new thing that's being done. And the market and clients, right? Every single day, you'd be surprised how advanced institutional traders and retail traders are. In terms of DeFi, we learn stuff every single day. And it's really from the market that I get most of um, most of my education. I'm sure there's a lot of great uh, books that are coming out 
now every day, every week about DeFi, I would need to, to take more time and look what's there probably during my next holiday. No worries. I think it's actually a disguised difficult question. It sounds like an easy question, but it's difficult because generally the books also have lead time, right? And this field is changing so rapidly, so quickly. You have no that, idea. Uh, yeah, it's complete. It's, it's very difficult. Yeah. By the time you publish this book, it will be already obsolete. You can be writing a book about, oh, these are the best in class protocols. And as you said, you publish it three months later, their CVL has halved and everyone's speaking about this new thing. So, uh, yeah, good luck to the, um, to all the writers and publishers of, of these books. Maybe th there is an opportunity there, how to publish it more quickly. Of course you can self-publish, but that also takes time in any case. Great stuff. So thank you very much for spending time with us. And uh, my last question is what's the best way to reach out and find out more about walk? The best way to reach out is to leave us either an email on our on our website or join our Telegram group or just reach out to us on Twitter or email. The website is valktech, V-A-L-K-T-E-C-H dot I-O. You can also contact us at contact at valktech dot I-O. And in terms of Telegram, which is something that we are quite active on, you can reach us on valkdefi, V-A-L-K-D-E-F-I. And some member of the team will, will respond. Wonderful. I'll put the links in the show notes as well. So if you're listening to it in your podcast app, you will have the show notes below description and they will have the links as well. So thank you so much, Antoine and Ali, and uh, good luck to walk. Thank you so much, Rudolf. Thanks so much for having us and hi to all the community. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you. Thank you.